Welcome to the Well Actually Podcast. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. I'm your host, Told You, in case you're wondering whether you're listening to the right podcast or not. Uh, we have a complicated show today because I feel like I'm just going to end up yelling at everybody. But you know, sometimes people just need to be yelled at. In fact, mo- most times, I'll, I'll go ahead and say most times. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Well Actually Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And videos are available on the Well Actually Podcast YouTube page. I promise I'll get back to those very, very, very soon. Uh, also, don't forget to rate and review uh, wherever you're getting these podcasts. All right, let's get to the news and notes. So I found out that a couple weeks ago, it was the 22nd anniversary of the release of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And it just sort of took me back to the first time I actually read the books and watched the movies. So over the 4th of July weekend, I spent a good portion of my time watching a bunch of the movies. And it got me to this realization. I don't know why it took me so long to get there, but if we're going to keep it all the way at 1000, like... Dumbledore was low-key trash like I I don't know who needs to hear that and that might be a hot take or something controversial but if you just look at the facts of how everything transpired and what we later found out about how he was getting down with what he was basically setting up Harry to do like that's that's some trash ass behavior and I guess he did what he thought needed to be done but that 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 wasn't that there was no loyalty there and then what was that whole conversation in in the train station at the end or when he when harry Lo, um quote unquote died or whatever but you know it's just something that hit me and and now i can't look at him the same but yeah that's just that was one of my random takeaways from all that also, uh, in keeping with the new batch of these live-action remakes of Disney classics like Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book, and most recently Aladdin, uh, Disney announced that Halle Bailey of the duo Chloe and Halle would be Ariel in The Little Mermaid. And apparently there was some uproar from certain factions of the population. I'll let you guess who. I, I just rolled my eyes so much and hurt. But yeah, so they were like, why did they pick a black girl to play the role or whatever? And I'm like... I agree with you like why couldn't they just find like an actual mermaid right and these people are saying that hollywood is getting too woke and like what 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 do you want like people just want a reason to complain about everything and there's even a petition going around uh against the casting decision and like do you know how intolerant you gotta be to 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 boycott a disney classic like do you do you even realize but I mean, if I'm keeping it all the way 100, I, I honestly thought they were talking about Halle Berry at the beginning. I'm like, I was, I was a bit confused. I'm like, that's a very interesting choice because you know, maybe they were talking about Ariel like in her later years after she, you know, she thought about what her decision had done and like the aftermath of all that. But, but that's how you know I don't be reading too often. But yeah, and in some other black girl magic. Uh, Corey Coco Golf uh, got into the round of 16 at Wimbledon, and she was the seventh youngest to make it to that round in the major in the last 35 years. So this is a 15-year-old. Just, just trying to make sure you understand that she was born in 2004. 
and her journey at Wimbledon started when she beat Venus Williams in the first round. So just to give you a little bit of context, Venus had already won four of her seven majors before Coco was born, including winning at Wimbledon twice. So yeah, it, it was it was a really big deal because she you know she showed a lot of poise and a lot of a lot of qualities that would make you think she could possibly be a star. Uh, unfortunately, her time at the Wimbledon ended after she lost to Simona Halep, who's like she's not a she's not a pushover. She she's she's a legit like person that you could be okay with uh, Coco losing to. And uh, of course, Serena moved on to the quarterfinals for like the millionth time, and she <laughs> defeated her opponent in under an hour. Like it was light work to her. Also, shout out to Team USA for winning the Women's World Cup for a record fourth time, and they won it back to back. And if you've been following the news or anything what's been going on with the team whether it's uh, fighting for equal pay, actually suing U.S. soccer or Megan Rapinoe's back and forth with the president talking about she's not going to the bleeping White House. Uh, you know, they were under tremendous pressure and they delivered. And at this point, it's not even a matter of if they should get equal pay with the men, because that actually sounds kind of disrespectful to them because they're the, you know, they're the ones who've accomplished something. So they should really be getting paid more. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, again, con congratulations to Team USA. For actually, you know, doing something to bring this country some sort of pride. And switching to TV a bit, uh, Stranger Things Season 3 uh, premiered over the 4th of July weekend. And Netflix announced that Season 3 of the popular show debuted on July 4th with over 40 million households having seen at least some part of it. And that's a record for a show in its first four days. And uh, they claim 18.2 million of those households actually watched the entire season. And we've already discussed on the podcast how and when Netflix decides to make these decisions, when they're making announcements and all that. And I guess these announcements will make more sense or hold more meaning if they were consistent about when they released them. Like they only seem to release them when they want to report some sort of record records that can't actually be corroborated or like confirmed but you know they have to do what they have to do in terms of like selling their own products and marketing them like hey everybody's watching us and a lot of the reviews that i've seen and heard about season three in particular have been very very good so i can't really like knock it me personally i i kind of stopped watching after i finished season one so i have some catching up to do but like I said, the reviews have been really good and it's something I'd probably get into at some other time, maybe soon. And since I got into TV news, I'll just do a quick TV recommendation here. So uh, the show I'm going to talk about is a show called A Million Little Things and it's on ABC. And boy, uh, the first thing that drew me to this show was the cast. Like there are a lot of familiar faces. Uh, James Roday from Psych. Uh, Romani Malco, he was in Think Like a Man, and that pivotal scene in uh, 40 Year Old Virgin with uh, Kevin Hart, and the, they're having that little argument in the electronics store. Uh, the dude who played Nick Burkhart in Grimm, uh, Grace Park from Battlestar Galactica and Hawaii Five-O, Christina Moses, she was in Containment, Condor, and The Originals. 
And for the content itself, it's incredibly simptastic. Like, I mean, like along the lines of This Is Us, like, it's just emotion from beginning to end. And I'll give you a quick synopsis. So it's not like a spoiler or anything because it's like literally in every trailer about the show. So it basically follows a group of friends after a very shocking and traumatic event occurs. And <laughs> when I say it was simptastic, like, there were definitely some moments where, you know, my allergies just started acting up and my eyes got a little bit red. But, you know, like, I, I got it together. It's not like I cried or anything, but, you know, like, there was a lot of pollen in the air. Like, it was, it was a very big coincidence that I could feel the pollen right when I was watching the show. And they tried to make it, they tried to make it a bit, uh, like, you know, like, suspenseful, but then... They also wanted to build up the drama and how it was supposed to go. And there were there there's some really good uh, uh, guest starring roles for some people you recognize as well. But I won't give those away because they have a bit to do with the plot. But it's it's a show that I highly recommend because I remember watching the first episode live when it debuted, and I was like, okay, I can't do this week in and week out. Just like. If my allergies are gonna act up, let them act up all at once. And I, so I binged it, uh, 17 episodes, and it was, whew, it was, it was worth it. And I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, it's already been, it's already been uh, renewed, so it's definitely coming back. And then there was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of season one, although there was a bit of resolution in terms of what actually caused that main traumatic event. So it's something that I really, really uh, recommend. Okay, so now, NBA free agency. Uh, last Sunday, the free agency period started in basketball, and NBA GMs basically treated it like a gun store before the apocalypse. They were throwing money at anything and anyone like they they could get their hands on. So in a, in a little over 24 hours, two billion dollars in future contracts had already been committed, and like the kids say, you know, those young men secured several bags. Uh, I'll geek out on the player movement and what it means in for each team in terms of potential playoff predictions on on another episode, like when I can actually go in depth with it. But for now, I'll just give you like the highlights of the notable players who switch teams. So like in case you've been under a rock and you somehow haven't heard that Kevin Durant left the Warriors and joined the Nets, uh, Kyrie Irving left the Celtics for the Nets too. And apparently... Like some NBA, most NBA players actually knew that they were going to team up there a while ago. But, well, they usually say this afterwards. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know, the one who snaps this on Swaggy P when it was with the Lakers. He was traded from the Nets to the Warriors. Uh, Boogie Cousins left the Warriors for the Lakers. And then, of course, the transaction that basically hijacked the entire process. Kawhi Leonard left the champion Raptors to go to the LA Clippers. And up up to this point, like the Clippers were the team where you just ended up on. It was they weren't the team that you chose to go to. And in the hours and days uh, leading up to the signing, or since the signing, there were these narratives that have grown legs, and I'm just here to call BS on them. Like, it's I'm at this point, like it's it's like a well actually, like this is what you need to be paying attention to. So I'll, first, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm a LeBron James fan, not necessarily a Lakers fan. So if LeBron had picked the Bucks, I'd be rooting for the Milwaukee. If he had picked Houston, I'd be rooting for the Rockets. And if he had picked a team in Europe, I would wish him the best in all his future endeavors because nobody has time for that to pick. 
But anyway, back to Kawhi. Uh, much is being made about how he was the ender of big threes. But they forgot to mention like how the Spurs had three Hall of Famers with him. And he wasn't even the leader or leading scorer on that team when he won his finals MVP. Or how the, you know, the Heat had already beaten him the year before. Or when they actually won against the Heat, they were a shell of themselves. Or even how the Warriors basically ran out of ligaments. Like, their bodies were falling apart before he beat them. But, you know, a win is a win is a win. And the second thing I want to debunk is how he's getting praised for not wanting to join a former super team. While actually holding his new team hostage. Saying they had to get Paul George in order for him to show up. So, you know, like, what takes that from BS to grimy is that Paul George wasn't even a free agent. So Kawhi went in and broke up a happy home in order to get his super team. I mean, admittedly, if he had signed with the Lakers, I would just be like, yeah, what it do, baby? Like, over and over, but them's the breaks. And I just had to get that off my chest because when it's LeBron that's, like, trying to get superstars with him, he gets crushed for it. And if superstars don't actually want to show up in LA, you're like, oh, nobody wants to play with LeBron. So it's like you people have these separate rules where you're crushing somebody else for it. But when uh, Kawhi goes to LA, he makes sure he has another superstar with him going as well. Someone who finished in the top five in MVP voting just last year. But, you know, I'm not going to turn this into a deep basketball conversation right now. There's there's a time and place for that. And we we, we will hash this out. OK, um, it's not just going to be me talking about either. I'm going to have some so-called experts joining me and we're going to see what they have to say all right we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back my boy tell me say you be trouble say you know love me like i love you i follow you every storm but the more i know if he said to your beauty they do me like juju I see my over there trying to flex her body. And of course, many men pulling cars trying to win the lottery. A round table over here, ice bucket mixing dark and bubbly. They take a sip, then I dip, then I act if we can party. It's real beat. She gon' fall in love, she know about me. I know she bad and I know she heard about me. She gon' fall in love when she know about me. I know she bad and I know she heard about me. Take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Need you to take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Need you to take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Need you to take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. She gon' fall in love, she know about me. I know she bad and she heard about me. She gon' fall in love, she know about me. She gon' fall in love. Yeah, I know she bad, she gon' roll with me. Yeah. 
My boy, tell me, say you be trouble. Take you no love me like I love you. But follow you, I feel stomp. But in boy, I know if he said to you. Beauty, they do me like juju. I'm speaking tongues when I'm running around. And if you guys, it's your fear. Guess we can Take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. I need you to take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Need you to take it slow, take it slow, take it slow for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take it slow for me. So I wanted to get into this Koza story. And it's going to be a jumping off point to some other things as well. So before I go any further, uh, this topic requires a trigger warning because of the nature of some of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, it's probably been discussed ad nauseum, but I'll do a quick reset for anyone who is completely unaware or unclear on the facts. And I say facts in quote because up to this point, a lot of things are he said, she said. And that in itself is something we'll try to discuss as well. So a couple of weeks ago, maybe 10 days, a video started circulating online. It was a clip, presumably, from a longer interview. In the video, uh, Busola Dakolo, a photographer and the wife of Timmy Dakolo, a rather well-known Nigerian musician, recounts the story of how she was raped by Pastor Biorong Fatoimbo. Uh, he's a pastor of a church called Koza in Lagos, Nigeria. There is one main clip that made the rounds where she details how the pastor came to her parents' house in the early hours of the morning and he forced himself on her, told her to keep quiet, and then he raped her. He then says she should be happy it was a man of God who took her virginity. I believe she was about 16 at the time. I later found uh, other clips from this interview and she goes on to say the pastor raped her again on the side of the road when he was supposed to be dropping her off. And leading up to that, she says like she was trying to get or tell the pastor's wife that she would rather walk than have him drop her off but i guess the wife didn't know what was going on so we live in a world severely lacking empathy but nigerians take it to another level and it might seem like i'm always shitting on my fellow nigerians but that's because i'm familiar with this strain and when the video circulated you know how the internet is there were very nuanced and measured conversations going on. I mean, of course not. It was a freaking shit show. It was a cacophony of victim blaming, uh, mansplaining, with an added twist of pastor worship. Uh, I've never seen more instances of touch not my anointed. It was where the pastor just walked into North Korea or something. It was a it was an avalanche of spiritual hot takes. They said everything from this woman is trying to bring down the church to so the devil made him do it. To something about beefing up sexual security like i don't even know what that is supposed to mean but that was an actual part of the commentary or i think it might have even been part of what someone within the church said maybe even his wife but then the first sunday after this news broke of course church had to go on and some very brave people in nigeria actually went there and protested with signs and they gathered in front of the, the location and it turns out there were counter protesters there who were allegedly uh, 
paid to hold up signs in support of the pastor. Now, I don't know what you make of that, but there were people who were locking, like locked in arms uh, in defense of their pastor. Like no questions asked, just touching up my anointed, like we said. And this is one of those things where, like when we discussed the police officers taking advantage of women, when you have someone who is in a power position, someone who people can and should feel safe around, and that person takes advantage of that situation, it makes it even worse. So when you double up and try to be loyal or like this misguided loyalty or this misguided uh, deification of, I, I don't even understand it. And situations like this, uh, when matters of sexual assault and rape come up, you have to look at how certain people respond. And just take note of it because if they're always uh, siding with the, not the victim, but the culprit, always siding with that person, always trying to justify or explain it or sympathize with them, it's something you should keep an eye on because <laughs> those are people you don't want anywhere near you or your family or your kids because it's like they can always seem to keep that person or that person's humanity at forefront rather than the victims and notice i am saying the perpetrator not the man because as these people will also want to mention oh men also get assaulted yes but you always bring that up only in times of deflection you don't actually care about the men who are assaulted that is why the men who are assaulted never actually or rarely actually get the help they truly deserve because they often have to suffer in greater silence because you only bring them up as a foil against other people who have been assaulted. But then, uh, like I said, this is a matter that occurred in, in a church or by a pastor. And uh, the general overseer, uh, Pastor Adibwe of the Regime Church of God, he weighed in on the matter uh, and he tried to remain relatively diplomatic uh, and I'm going to put out a bit of a disclaimer here I am a Christian well I identify as a Christian not a very good one but you know I'm trying and I also go to redeemed as well so you can take that however you want but like I said Pastor Adibwe weighed in on the matter and he tried to remain diplomatic citing policies by CAN uh, Christian Association of Nigeria and PFN Pentecostal Fellowship of Nigeria and the gist of what he said, first of all, was that whatever you do shall be brought to the light. And he basically was saying this because he can't officially make any statements on this, but that was one of the first things he wanted to say. Like, so if you have committed any wrongdoings, and I guess that's supposed to be like a sub or whatever, but it's also passing the buck, like... The only thing that's going to stop people from doing it is oh, you'll be found out eventually not stop doing it but he also goes on to say uh, when a woman accuses you nobody will listen to you yes and no of course there are people whose lives have been ruined by accusations false or otherwise so I'm not trying to make light of that at all but there is literally someone in 
the highest office in the world with several, several accusations against him on the record. These are not anonymous uh, accusations. These are not he says, she said. These are people who have corroborating evidence. And yet this man is still your president. There's also the matter of, you know, one of the world's most famous footballers who actually admitted to a crime such as this. And nobody just mentions it. So it's not just they believe the woman and nobody will listen to you. He also goes on to say, this is why I can't have a female private secretary. And it's supposed to be something along the lines of you men uh, flee from iniquity or the appearance of iniquity. And I guess I get what he is trying to say, but that is a very dangerous message. So this is what it says. It says, all right, you men. We know you cannot be trusted. We know you cannot handle yourselves around women in a professional setting. So remove women from the professional setting. That is it. And if it had just been something he had done because in that one post and we never heard about it in public, sure, it might be unfortunate. But then putting it out there, he sort of lends a legitimacy to it where now people feel the not only... uh, the need to, but the right to exclude women from the office place, however, being a secretary or just in any sort of role in employment. And you know what that does? Now that just brings or fosters uh, a workplace, which is already dominated by men, to be even more dominated. And these conversations, they also bring up some unintended consequences. And this is something that I want the men who heard that Uh, who heard that statement. This is something I want you to think about. So what he said was, that's why he cannot uh, hire a female uh, personal secretary or a private secretary. And the people who will use this as a justification for their hiring practices or why they won't hire women. You have to, if you have to remove all the women because one man cannot operate around them, First of all, it shows that you don't actually value these women in the first place. Second of all, it shows how little you think of yourself, where you yourself cannot even be trusted around women. Like, do you do you not get do you not get the implications of that? Imagine if you work in a financial institution and they're like, you know what? We have this dude here, and even though we're a financial institution, we can't have money around. Like, does does that like? Do you get what that means? Like, just just ponder on that a bit. And also, like, if you have to start removing all the women in your job because one man cannot handle being around women, it might just be easier to get rid of the man. I mean, logistically, like logically, that's another food for thought there. And. I don't know what else can be said on this because like uh, there are apologies being offered or like not even real apologies and then they're saying uh, certain things shouldn't be discussed in public he only needs to discuss them with the church 
And what you people don't understand is, of course, there's when you consider the pastor worship aspect of it, and it's that position as pastor, as spiritual leader, as someone you're supposed to be able to confide in and feel safe around, that gives him this allegedly this power to conduct these like heinous acts. And in case you think, oh, this is just a one-off, no. There have been several, several reports about this certain individual using his position as a pastor in more than one country, matter of fact. So it's like you're using the church to shield him while he's using the church to perpetrate his crimes. And that's the thing, again, about people who may not even use force, but may use coercion because they are in a position of power. So they can use that as either to put pressure on you or threats of excommunication. And you might not want to believe that that has any power over people, but it is it is real. And I just feel like when situations like this occur, it, you might think you're being cautious by being silent. But when you talk recklessly or you talk summarily dismissing whoever the victim is you make it harder for other people to come out to open up about their about their own situations and then that's also why you probably like oh yeah i've never heard anything like this and yeah because you probably don't strike them as the type of person they could open up to but then again when this brave woman came out and told her story the floodgates opened people were like you know discussions were being had and people were realizing that even some members of their own families had been victims or had been victimized by other members of their family and they had no idea but something like this was what gave them the courage to speak on it and i guarantee you if you ask anyone and one out of two of the, any women you know unfortunately have been a victim of something like this and it might sound like a gross exaggeration but trust me it isn't and that is a sad reality of this thing it is way more widespread than you could ever know and it's probably like that because you don't want to know but yeah you know think before you speak and you know while you're over there caping up for the alleged perpetrator Try to show some sympathy for the victims, okay? All right, we're gonna take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. People need to hear this. It's a lot of names on my hit list. Moms to say what he wants to. Put still wet like a big bitch. I should run a whole blog at this race. They using my name for clickbait. Bitches even wanna start fake beef. Just said a little weave in the mixtape. They know I'm the bomb, they're ticking me off. Say anything to get a response. I know that mean they traffic is slow. Somebody just gotta purchase a lot. So for being tamed, I'd rather be well. Bitches is brandy, they wanna be down. Soon as these bitches got something to sell, they say my name, say my name, destiny child. Everybody wanna be lit. Everybody wanna be rich. Everybody wanna be this if us you i'll hate me bitch bring my problems and suck my dick that talking i'm calling it out public opinions from private accounts you not a check then you gotta bounce i got the drip come get it now they do anything for clout do anything for clout bitches is mad bitches is trash i scared the grouch see me win they gotta hurt ouch 
they gon' do, bitch. Not from the couch, back. Do anything for club. Anything. Do anything for club. Anything. Do anything for club. Anything. Do anything for club. Do anything for club. Does. They do anything for club. Anything. Do anything for club. So in this week's WTF story of the week. <laughs> I'm sure it'll sound very familiar to a lot of you once I start on it. Uh, a video of a girl doing something really nasty with food went viral recently. And no, it has nothing to do with cucumbers. And please don't Google that. Don't don't even worry about that. But yeah, anyway, in this instance, I, I can't even say she was caught on camera because she recorded herself. Or she had someone record her. Uh, so this girl was in a Texas Walmart. And in the video, she takes out a tub of ice cream from the freezer, licks it, and puts it back in the freezer. It's 2019, so of course she posted a video and encouraged others to do so. Uh, and this is a challenge she, in this challenge, she said she was sick recently, and let's see if we can start an ep epidemic. Literally, like that's a quote. So there were many reports about her already being charged with a felony and jail time. That comes with such a like. I don't even know, like the charge was something as high as like 20 years or whatever. And then there was a debate about the harshness of any potential uh, penalty, whether over sentencing as a deterrent is even fair or was this a harmless prank. And I sure as hell wouldn't consider that a harmless prank. Like if I went to Walmart for some cookies and cream or butter pecan ice cream and I came back with swine flu, I'm suing Walmart, I'm suing the city, I'm suing the state, I'm suing Ben and Jerry. But you gotta remember, she did this willfully and intentionally, and she encouraged others to do so. Anyway, after the video was posted, uh, Bluebell reached out to the law enforcement, and Bluebell is like the brand of ice cream that she uh, tampered with. For that's, I guess, that's the official way it's being uh, termed. And the, the police have identified and interviewed the liquor, and because she's under the age of 17, you know, the child. Her case has been turned over to the Juvenile Justice Department of Texas. And honestly, uh, she should feel lucky that they didn't bring any bioterrorism charges against her. Old typhoid Mary's ass, but... Like, I don't even understand what is going on with people these days. Like, we had a story about this where... Like, I long for the days when people committed their crimes and then actually, like, post their own evidence against them. But then that leads me to, you know... I'll say this. It this best is like inspired uh, copycats, and a 36-year-old man in Louisiana was taken into custody for licking some bluebell ice cream, running his finger through it, and putting it back in the freezer. 36. You are a grown-ass man. Anyway, after management was made aware of the video, the man in question returned to the store with his receipt. Like, yo, yo, I, I actually bought the ice cream. Like, no, like it's not the same thing. Yeah, he was charged anyway with tampering with property and unlawful posting of illegal activity for notoriety and publicity, aka clout chasing. Like, he got arrested for clout chasing, in case that wasn't clear. Like, like that's just in case you need another reason why you shouldn't post your own illegal activities online other than the obvious. There's actually a law prohibiting it. <laughs> So he was locked up over the weekend and he was able to see a judge yesterday with regards to bail. Now, if now his ass is about to miss work because he was doing some nonsense for likes and retweets. And uh, I hope it was worth it, Lenise. Like, that, that's his name. But yeah, like, 
if even if you must commit a crime no actually i'm not i was gonna say if you must commit a crime don't record it but yes record it and post it so that you know i'm sure this is what darwin was thinking about when he was like survival of the fittest like just get the dumbasses out of here and take their gene pool with them because like you obviously would rather be in prison and get these likes than be free but yeah that's that's all i have to say about that and i, I tell you the world is becoming a very strange place where clout is currency and the price is going up faster than bitcoin but yeah this brings us to the end of this episode i want to thank you all for joining me uh remember please subscribe rate and review to the well actually podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and stitcher and also you can subscribe to the well actually podcast on youtube for videos remember please rate and review leave comments tell them it's the best podcast you've ever listened to lie if you have to uh remember share it with others uh i saw someone listening to the podcast in argentina whoever you are shout out to you i don't know anybody in argentina maybe somebody was looking for something else maybe somebody's phone got stolen i don't know i appreciate it all the same remember share with people you like you don't like just tell people like when you're at the bus stop you make small talk at the bar or in the bathroom i don't care just tell them about the podcast uh, we're going to try to do this again uh, probably in a week, you know. Things be happening, man. And, but I appreciate those of you who reached out asking about the podcast. But we're going to try and do this again next week, maybe sooner. Who knows? All right. Talk to you again soon.